welcome to Super Peel Out, the podcast where everything's a hedgehog and the cat doesn't matter. That's right, the cat is like um, uh, an eclipse cannon. The eclipse, the eclipse cannon. Is that where the cannon of Sonic is eclipsed by the nonsense that is Sonic lore? That's what I said. Hell yeah! I just came Dear out God. with that. It wasn't very good, was it? Dear God. Welcome to Super Peel Out. Our hedgehogs go fast, and the cannon doesn't matter. That's right, the cannon is just like the tag of four characters mode in Sonic R. I'm your boy, JT Duckman. And I'm Hogast, and we are talking about Sonic R. Where to begin with that game? Well, actually, I guess it's weird because Sonic R is not exactly that big of a game. There's only... Like five? Four or five? You got five courses. That's all you get. You get five courses, and you get, like, 11 characters, I want to say. 10 or 11. I think. Wait, because there's Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Amy, Eggman for the first... Yeah, there's literally only ten characters, huh? Because then there's the secret characters of Metal Sonic, Tails Doll, Egg Robo, Metal Knuckles, Super Sonic. Yeah, you only get ten characters in five stages. Not a whole lot of content. Not a whole lot of content. But the interesting thing about Sonic R, for me at least, I guess it's more about what it does, what it does versus what it has. Because Sonic R was, like, one of the first 3D Sonic games. And obviously it wasn't developed by Sonic Team. It was outsourced to Traveler's Tales to be made. And Traveler's Tales knows how to make really technically impressive games. I don't know if you watch uh, watch the channel or not, but there is a YouTube channel run by the head, the CEO. I don't know if he still is a CEO anymore, but definitely the CEO and like head programmer of Traveler's Tales when they were making all their uh, older games. And he showed off a lot of interesting Sonic R content. I don't know if you've uh, seen it. The channel's called Game Hut. I've heard of Game Hut, but I don't think I was aware that it was uh, that guy. Yeah, it's Traveler's Tales guy. He showed off a lot of stuff about Sonic R and its development, as well as some behind-the-scenes prototype footage of Sonic 3D Blast as well, because that was the other Sonic game that Traveler's Tales was outsourced for. Those two are it. Sonic 3D Blast and Sonic R. Sonic 3D Blast will definitely be its own Separate ramble for another time. Sonic R, there are some interesting things that were shown. Mostly in the fact what Sonic R can do technically. Because Sonic R on the Saturn at least. Not the PC version. Which the PC version is what got ported to the GameCube for Sonic Gems collection. Um, And the PS2 if you're in Europe or Japan. But Sonic R on the Saturn is really technically impressive because they do a lot of things in that game that a lot of people said was completely impossible to be done 
on the Sega Saturn, such as transparencies on textures and models, as well as reflections and other interesting stuff. Those are the two biggest ones, are transparencies and reflections. And I feel like that them kind of trying to focus so much on how the game looks visually probably might have been why they only had so little content in the game to begin with. Not that I'm complaining or anything. I think it's a really cool game, just in general. When was the first time you've played Sonic R? Oh, I've only played the Gems Collection version. Nice. And uh, what, what did you think when you first played it, I guess? Well, I guess, yeah, it does have a reputation of being, I guess, a bad game. Because, yeah. I mean, it's kind of jacky. <laughs> but it's fun enough, I guess, to finish. Have a long time. Yeah, I remember, personally at least, for Sonic R, and I guess why that game, I like it so much, is because I definitely remember when I was a really little kid, one of my friends had the PC version of Sonic R, and obviously I had no idea that it was Sonic R. All I knew was that this kid that I knew had a 3D Sonic game on his computer that was, it was like the coolest thing ever, right? I don't know why I thought it was the coolest thing ever, but I was, like, super little at the time. But it, for some reason, man, Sonic R was, like, the cool. All I remember is freaking Radical City, too. I don't even remember any of the other levels. All I remember was we were running, me and my friends were running around Radical City, and it was the best time ever. And then, yeah, I saw that Sonic R was being included in Sonic Gems Collection. I'm like, oh my god, it's that game I played with my friend on his computer, and now it's on the GameCube. That's pretty cool. And I played it, and of course, as a kid, I loved it. That was before I had really entered much of the internet. And yeah, eventually, as I grew older, as a kid, and started using the internet, I was looking up Sonic games, and I was always completely shocked to see uh, Sonic R on the, the list, like, pretty high up on the lists of worst Sonic games. Because people were like, oh, the worst Sonic game ever. I think Screw Attack, back in the mid-2000s. I think they put Sonic R as their number one worst Sonic game. No way. Yeah. The worst yeah, Sonic and game I was is like, uh, Labyrinth, I guess. I don't even know if that was on that list. All I remember was... Oh, I think it was five best and five worst Sonic games. I think that's what they did. I think on the five worst... I think Sonic Labyrinth was on there. I think it was like Sonic Labyrinth, Sonic R... Maybe Sonic the Fighters? I want to say Sonic Shuffle, but I don't think so. Maybe... I think that was when Sonic 06 was out. And then probably, like, I don't know, probably Secret Rings or something. Uh, I like Secret Rings, and people really like that. I feel like we're going to have a very divisive Sonic and the Secret Rings discussion. Because, ooh, jeez. That game's a game. But Sonic R... I always thought, like, from that point onward, I was like, alright, this game kind of has an undeserved reputation. I mean, I can understand why so many people don't like it. Because, yeah, there's not a lot of stuff to do. You can 100% the whole game in, like, a half hour if you know what you're doing. Okay, maybe not a half hour, but, like, in an hour if you know what you're doing. Not that much better. There's not a whole lot of real, like, replay value to keep coming back to it once you have done everything. There's 
Not a lot of multiplayer options, and the game's controls are a little weird. They're a little janky. There's tank controls. There's tank controls in a Sonic racing game. And it's not the worst thing ever. It's only the worst thing ever when you're, like, when you hit a wall, and then you have to, like, you, you're dead stop, and then you have to, like, rotate yourself slowly out of the wall so you can start going again. And yeah, that sucks. But, I mean, that's not worst Sonic game ever material, in my opinion, at least. Because Sonic Art has a really interesting concept, I think. Unless you want to count Sonic Rivals. It's the only Sonic racing game that is on foot. It's not in a car. Well, it's I actually kind of like a hybrid since Amy is in a car. I think maybe this game not doing so well might have been the catalyst for them being like, oh, Sonic on foot doesn't work. That's... I, I mean, that, that would make sense, but, like, if that is their reasoning, then, like, that's just not good reasoning, because I feel like you could try a concept again. I mean, I guess this is Sonic Team we're talking about. If one thing fails, they're just like, alright, well, remake Sonic! It's a reboot again, boys! New Sonic! Let's go! Because they love to do that. They love to just... Sonic Team, they have to just take everything about Sonic and just... Start from scratch once one thing messes up. They'll probably do that again with the boost formula once everyone hated Sonic Forces, but God knows what the hell the next Sonic game after Forces is gonna be. But I digress. Back to Sonic R. And I always thought I always thought that like having some characters be in a vehicle and some not was like a really interesting way to like keep things thematically appropriate. Like of course Eggman is gonna be running on foot. He could run faster than Sonic. He canonically is faster than Sonic in all instances of Eggman actually running. It would look weird, I guess, so it makes sense to put him in, like, a hovercraft, and I mean, I guess this was before Amy really was able to run as fast as Sonic and the rest of the group. Her being in a car, I guess, made somewhat sort of sense. I don't know, I always thought... I never liked playing as Amy in Sonic R. She always seemed like the definite, like, a worst character. Her and Eggman. I guess that's why there aren't that many characters that use vehicles, is because the two that do suck. Because Amy, Amy's basic top speed is so slow that they had to give her, like, some weird, some weird, like, turbo button that sporadically turns on. That makes her go actually fast, but at the cost of, now she can't turn. So, cool. And then Eggman's just slow, but he has, like, a bomb that he can shoot that barely works. And I believe also the Egg Robo can use. The Egg Robo is just basically Eggman, again, he's not that fun to use either. But it is cool that he's there. I completely forgot about all of those abilities and things. Yeah. Uh, pretty much, yeah, they're, they're pretty forgettable abilities because you never want to use them because... It's like, why go through the effort of giving all these characters so many cool, unique abilities if, like, playing as Knuckles is objectively the best, you know? Uh, I think Knuckles is the meta character. At least when I see speedruns of the game, everyone picks Knuckles, so... I guess Knuckles is the meta. Well, actually, technically the meta is Supersonic, but you get him at the very end, and... Yeah, Supersonic's broken. Once you once you unlock him, then two players literally just... If, you, if one person picks Supersonic, the other person loses. Like, that's just how it goes. Supersonic's broken. There's, like, a reward for uh, beating the game. Yeah, there's a reward for collecting all the Chaos Emeralds, which is another interesting thing that 
Sonic R did was, I think that Sonic R is the most interesting in its levels. Because it's not, it's a racing game, right? But it's not like a traditional racing game. And it's not even like a kart racer either. It's like a weird 3D platformer. It's it's like a 3D open world platformer, but with like racing put into it. Because the the worlds, yes, are all circular. They're all they're all they're all racing courses. You're, they're, they're a, it's a circle. You just go around the circle over and over again. And do three laps. Bada bing, bada boom. There you go. But each course is so open. You know, you don't have to stay on the road. It's not like, and the road doesn't even slow you down either. It's not like something like Mario Kart where, yeah, there there's, like, other roads to take. Well, I guess not really in Mario Kart, but, like, uh, well, like yeah, you can go off-road in some instances. There's nothing over there in the off-road area except for you getting slowed down and losing the race, essentially, because there's nothing over there. Maybe there might be, like, a shortcut if you, like, use a mushroom somewhere, but, like, well, the story is, like, most racing games usually push the player down the correct linear race course. And I mean, that makes sense because it's a racing game. But Sonic Car is different in the fact that the game wants you to explore. The game wants you to explore its small little uh, open worlds that it puts because there's all those collectibles that you can find. There are the collectibles of collecting those little five Sonic tokens. And then there's the Chaos Emeralds. And uh, you need to you need to know where they all are. And in order to know where they all are, you have to explore the levels. Which was always super interesting. I always loved that as a kid. I always loved just not even racing. Just running around and just looking around. I mean, you didn't even have to I guess you do have to do it in the... You do have to explore in the race mode, but, like... Sometimes just even, as a kid, just boot up Time Attack and just run around and see what I can find. You know? Um, they even made a whole freaking game mode about that. They made, like, a... The Get Five Balloons game mode, where you have to find five randomly placed balloons and it times you on that. Yeah, it's super cool. I always liked that. I always liked exploring and racing games. Like, uh, one thing I did a lot when I was a kid in Mario Kart 64 was there's that one level which has Peach's castle in it. And it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uber, that you could get into the castle. And you could, but. Yeah, yeah. It's always interesting, yeah, when racing games do that. And I feel Sonic R is one of the best examples at that. Because, I mean, yeah, being able to run anywhere on the map does kind of break the game a little bit. There's basically, like, a very optimal line that definitely I don't think the game developers entirely intended. Like, in Resort Island, the the little area where you have to, like, weave through... There's, like, one of these areas that, like... It's like the snake path, right? There's, like, a whole bunch of turns, and you're supposed to go through that, or you could just go through the ruins right next to them and it's literally just a straight run and it's so like not only do you have to slow you not have to slow down to do all the turns and crap you just run straight and i think it's also faster like just like i think you travel less ground than you do if you take the uh the swerving path 
Um, and it's supposed to be like a secret, it's supposed to be like a shortcut route, but when in reality it's like, no, that's just the fastest way. Like, why, why would you even go through the main, the main road at that point? So there are a few problematic points like that, but I don't know, I always think it's fun just blasting through Sonic R, even if it's for the 8 millionth time, just because, like, just because you know where everything is, and it's just, like, it's fun. It's fun. Just some good old, old-fashioned fun, you know? I should do just a quick primer on the courses in Sonic R. There aren't that many of them. The first one is Dort Island. It's just a generic tropical island with the Green Hill aesthetic. You can run across the water at the end of the stage. The next one is Radical City. It's a pretty generic city state. Then after that is Regal Ruin, which is sort of Egyptian. I always thought it had more like Mayan aesthetic, but it's definitely supposed to be Egyptian. It has pyramids and sphinx and the like. And there's a reactive factory, which is an industrial factory area, construction site. And then there's Radiant Emerald, the final stage. Lots of crystals and bright colors, but it's got the most straightforward track layout of all the stages. In regards to the shortcuts, I remember there was some shortcuts where you had to unlock some doors. Was that just for the collectibles, and then it became a shortcut afterwards? Those are only, if I call, if I recall correctly, I, Jesus Christ, this is going to be really incriminating how much I know about Sonic R just off of muscle memory. But if I recall correctly, in Resort Island, both of the, there's a 20 ring gate and there's a 50 ring gate. And I feel like every level except for Radiant Emerald has a 20 and a 50 ring gate. And Radiant Emerald has two 50s. And if I recall correctly, in Resort Island, the 20 gate takes you to a Sonic coin. And the 50 takes you to the Chaos Emerald. And neither of those like routes actually are faster. I think they're actually all slower. They're all off the beaten path. You have to like slow down to collect it and then make up the lost time in the later laps. Radical City has a 20 gate at the very end that almost always the CPUs unlock for you and you never have to freaking unlock that on your own, which actually is a shortcut. That one actually is a shortcut. Actually, I don't think that's a shortcut because... I think if you have the 50 rings to use the weird 50 ring shooter thingy at the end of that lap, or the, the, yeah, at the end of the race, I think it's actually faster than running up the shortcut slope. But I think only if you have those 50 rings, otherwise then it's slower, which is kind of funny, actually, that the shortcut's not even faster. And then the other, the 50 ring gate, is, I believe, it's completely off the beaten path. It's super slow. You never want to take it if you're actually just trying to race. And that's just to get one of the Chaos Emeralds. Actually, there might be... Are there? Two? There are! Wait! Yeah, yeah, there are, I think, two 50s. Because there's another 50 right next to the pinball machine to get the other Chaos Emerald. Because each stage that isn't... Resort Island has two Chaos Emeralds that you usually have to... Well, not even usually. You have to freaking pay rings to uh, unlock. However, I guess you can kind of cheese. If you're Sonic, you can cheese that Chaos Emerald and jump up using his double jump. Or you can clip through the whole... Yeah, he does have a double jump in that game. 
Every character in that game has really unique, like, abilities. It's super interesting. Like, no two characters in Sonic R play the same. If I recall correctly, Radical City just has those two. And then Regal Ruin has two 20 ring, Or I think it has a 20 ring and a 50 ring. And those are just for the Chaos Emeralds. They're both horrendously off-path. And you never really want to get to them unless you're actively going for the Chaos Emeralds. And then Reactive Factory has, I think, 250s where you need to... It, you have to, like, open the doors and then they'll, like, these things will shoot out the Emeralds. The problem is, is that they shoot out the Emeralds really slowly. So most of the time, if you actually want to still get first to collect the Emeralds, you pretty much have to do one lap opening the gates and then the next lap to actually collect the emeralds they drop because you want to keep running. You want to keep moving. You're Sonic the Hedgehog. You're going fast. You got to keep going fast. You can't wait. And then Radiant Emerald has 250s and I believe they are both shortcuts. They're both actual shortcuts. They're not. There's no emeralds to collect there. They're just shortcuts. And the problem is, is that you always want to wait for the CPUs to do it for you, but then they never do, so you have to do it, and then they just steal your freaking, they steal your shortcut that you opened up, and it's just like, oi, I was the one that paid for this. But yeah, going back to the characters, man. The characters of Sonic are, yeah, they all have super, um, super unique abilities, I guess. And the fact that, yeah, Sonic's got the double jump, but he can't swim, because he's Sonic. Uh, Tails has got his flight, which I don't remember if he can actually fly infinitely or not. I don't think he can. He, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think he can either. He might be able to. I think he can only do, like, one big jump that you hold, and then, uh, that's it. I see. That might be true. But I'm going off, like, 10, 15-year-old memories. <laughs> but yeah, Tails can, uh, he can fly, and he also can't swim. Knuckles can glide, still can't swim. Amy's got the car, which, like, hovers over water, so she can drive on top of water. And she's faster, I think, above water than Sonic Tails and Knuckles. But she's super slow everywhere else, and she gets that weird little turbo button. Eggman can fly over water as well, and I believe he's also slow as balls, but he also has the gun. Metal Sonic, I don't think can double jump. But I think he's faster than Sonic. And, like, when it comes to him being over water, like, he just slows down a lot and then just kind of falls in. Tails Doll, like... Tails Doll, like... Doesn't do anything. Yeah, it's like, it just kind of floats there. I never liked playing as Tails Doll, just I think because Tail, it's... Yeah, I think Tails Doll maybe can hover a little bit, but it's not the... Yeah, but, like, it's not even, like... The weirdest thing about it is you push the jump button, and it, like, hovers upwards a little bit more. But because it's just kind of, uh... It doesn't play, like, a jump sound effect or anything, and I think you can hover it. But since there's no, like... There's no visual or audible feedback on pushing that button that it just feels like just feels weird to control i don't like playing as tails doll i guess the rest of the internet doesn't like tails doll either considering he's the creepy pasta mascot uh. and then uh egg robo i think is just a clone of Eggman, except he can't stay over water forever and then metal knuckles 
Metal Knuckles was always cool because it was like, Metal Knuckles, bro. I always love Metal Knuckles' design. Yeah, it's like really cool. It's like, it's Knuckles, but metal. You know what I'm saying? It's like Metal Sonic, but with Knuckles. Um, I always thought that that was awesome uh, when I was a kid. Because I was like, whoa, look, like, because he looks cool, man. He's got, like, metal fists and, like, robotic dreadlocks. And they're like, he's cool, man. I was always wondered why it was Tails doll instead of Metal Tails, though, but, you know. I'm sure somewhere that question has been answered in some interview. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I wonder, yeah, I wonder who the character designers were for... Sonic R, because someone had to design Tails Doll and Metal Knuckles. Everyone else was from a previous Sonic game, despite Kidme not knowing that. Kidme thought Egg Robo was an original character. No, I'm pretty sure that Metal Knuckles is only in Sonic R. There's been, like, other versions, like the one in the GBA games. I totally forgot about that weird Metal Knuckles in the GBA games in Sonic Advance. What the hell was that? That was weird. Never explained. <laughs> yeah, literally never explained. Literally just, okay, here's Knuckles. Alright, cool, he's also a robot. Alright, you beat him? Cool. And it's just like, what? Was that from Eggman? Like, wh- where did that come from? That was weird. Uh, But it was also super cool. Yeah. should bring him back. Uh, to bring Metal Knuckles back as a whole. And I mean, I feel like, I feel like Tails Doll shouldn't come back just because, like, if, if Sega does do anything with Tails Doll nowadays, it's gonna be super self-aware about how it's supposed to be, like, a creepypasta character or whatever. Yeah, he's too much of a meme. Yeah, he's too much of a meme. Tails Doll's too much of a meme, so. But Metal Knuckles, though, he's gotta come back. He's gotta come back. And yeah, I thought as a kid that Egg Robo was an original character to Sonic R, but that was just because I never got to Sky Sanctuary because I sucked at Sonic games as a kid. Um, but, but, one... uh, but Sonic and Knuckles had saves. You could have just kept trying. You doubt how bad I am at Sonic <laughs> games. Well, actually, Sonic and Knuckles doesn't. Sonic 3 does. Oh, okay. Sonic and Knuckles itself does not save. Right, okay, I mostly only play the 3 and Knuckles version. Yeah, I mean, most most sane people choose that. And actually, I didn't own Sonic and Knuckles for my Genesis as a kid. I only owned Sonic 3. My first time playing Sonic and Knuckles was on Sonic Mega Collection. And I was like, hey, what the hell? This is Sonic 3, but like new levels. And I was like, Jesus, this is also really hard. Well, actually, wait, I guess I should have known that Egg Robo was from that, considering Egg Robo shows up literally in Knuckles' intro in that game, huh? Yeah, I got no excuse. I was just dumb. I remember being aware of Sonic and Knuckles. I don't remember if I ever played it, because I thought I remembered that I did rent it, but I couldn't get anywhere in the game. And then when I actually played it in, like, Mega Collection, like, wait a minute, I don't remember this at all. Maybe I just dreamt that. <laughs> And you hallucinate Sonic and Knuckles' entire existence. It must have just been a dream, and it has been so long that I forgot. Also, I do believe Sonic R was... Unless... Or, well... N- well, actually... Huh. I guess I didn't know what that was at the time. 
Sonic R was also the first time as a kid. Uh, I think it was the first Sonic game I 100%ed as a kid, because, I mean, it's Sonic R. It's not that hard of a thing to do, you know? So the first Sonic game I ever 100%ed, and I think I remember as a kid going like, wait, what the hell? Super Sonic is yellow? I thought he was going to be blue. That's uh, Yeah. Like, wait, what the hell? Why is Super Sonic yellow? But I guess I was about to be like, well, is there any other time that Super Sonic shows up in any of the Sonic games I owned as a kid where I would have known that he was yellow beforehand? And the only thing I'm thinking of is the intro to Sonic 3. Because the intro to Sonic 3, Sonic jumps off the plane, turns into Super Sonic, and then gets punched by Knuckles. But I guess, yeah, as a kid, I just... I don't even know what I thought that was. I guess as a kid, I just thought Sonic was just going really fast. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I got nothing for whatever the hell I thought the intro of the Sonic, uh, Sonic 3 was. I thought it was super cool. Like how he's on top of water and all that. But, yeah, man. I don't know. Speaking about Super Sonic, yeah, he's the last character, and he is ridiculously fast, and he also has a double jump, and he also hovers over water, so he's just the best. Uh, it's a little funny that's terrible turning. Uh, he does have terrible turning, but ter- like everyone does in that game, like everyone, even the characters, like Tails is the best turning character in the game, and you still slam into walls with him just because everyone kind of sucks at turning. The other interesting thing that isn't in the Saturn version, but is in the other versions, is uh, Sonic R, the PC and GameCube version, has, like, there's, like, weather you can select. You can, like, make it rain and have it snow or have it be nighttime. But the interesting thing is, is that all the speedrunners, they set the weather, because you can change the weather in the settings, whether you want it to be random or clear or snowy or rainy or whatever. All the speedrunners set it to snowy, because if you set it to snowy, then the water all freezes over and it becomes solid. So that was only on PC and Gems Collection, because Gems Collection uses the PC version. The Saturn version does not have any of that, because it's on the Sega Saturn. It's a miracle that that game even runs to begin with, much less needs weather effects added to it. I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, about Sonic R. Well, we gotta talk about Sonic... the music. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna get there because we, yeah, we pretty much, pretty much went over each of the the levels and all the characters. We didn't go over the levels that much, but. Well, we can't. We can go over the levels a little more if you want. Um. Radiant Emerald was pretty cool, though. Radiant Emerald. Level. It's cool, but like. As a course... It's boring. Yeah, it's kind of... It looks cool, but it's really boringly designed just because of... It's... As we said at the very beginning, like, Sonic R is kind of the most interesting when it's when it's explorable. And Radiant Emerald is the least explorable stage in that entire game because it's literally just a race course. It's literally just a floating racetrack. It's not even like Mario Kart's Rainbow Road where you can fall off of it, you just, there's railings over all of it, it's just really, just a, it's just a race course. There's nowhere else to really look for, there's nowhere else you really can go, other than the two shortcuts, that's kind of it. There's not a lot of exploration there. What's your, well, I guess, I guess your favorite level would be, uh, Radiant Emerald, but, it was I don't know, the I city think my favorite, 
But yeah, I think my favorite's Radical City. It's just also a neat touch that every level starts with R. Just there's little mini details like that that make me feel like Sonic R, like, there was there was effort put behind that game. There was passion behind it. There there was a heart to that game. Because otherwise no one would really care with a lot of small details like that. But the fact that they did put those details in definitely shows that the people that made it cared about what they were making. It's just that, I guess, the smaller decisions or the smaller mistakes of not having that much content and not controlling the greatest are what put the game in infamy. But, I don't know, I feel like people have overall warmed up to Sonic R by now. Hopefully they have, otherwise, Jesus Christ. You can kind of chalk that up to it being an early 3D game as well. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, because I don't know if... Did Sonic R come out before or after Sonic Jam? I don't actually know. Because if Sonic Jam came first, then... Because one of those two games is the first 3D... uh, The first 3D playable, controllable Sonic game. Well, if you can really call Sonic World and Sonic Jam a game, it's more of like a Proof of concept. Sonic R and Sonic Jam are the first times you can control Sonic in a 3D space. That isn't 3D... Well, 3D Blast doesn't count because it's isometric. It's not even 3D. Yeah. It's technically 2D, but I guess there are three axes of movement. You can go up, down, and you can jump. So there's... It is... It's like technically 3D, but... It's not what we're talking about. It's like 2D. But I guess the difference is, is it's like... Where the camera moves, that's when it's truly 3D. Or like can, when the camera can turn, I guess, not move, because the camera obviously moves in 3D blast, but it doesn't turn. Everything's static. But yeah, I guess Sonic R also being early 3D. I guess also Traveler's Tales as, as a whole, they they uh, they usually aren't the best at making well-controlling games, because I do believe that they also made uh, Rascal on the PS1, and that game was a technical accomplishment for that system, but due to how it controls and how the camera works, I've heard that that game is awful to play. So I think Traveler's Tales as a whole, when it came to really putting control polish in their games, it didn't necessarily do too much of that, and they just tried to have the rest of the game speak for themselves. Ooh, they made um, a Bug's Life. They did make a Bug's Life. I actually haven't played a Bug's Life. I've played a little bit of it. Uh, did it control well? Don't remember. <laughs> Dope! I wanna say no. <laughs> but yeah, I always liked... I always liked Radiant... Or no, not Radiant, I didn't like that one. I always liked Radical... Radical City. That was my favorite stage. Also just cause, you know, living in the city. That song slaps. Yeah. Though I also like Regal Ruin. Just because of how, like big it is. Though, actually, well, I guess Regal Ruin also is kind of a confusing design compared to all the other ones. I feel like Regal Ruin is the only Sonic R course where you can get lost trying to find where you're supposed to go. Like, it's kind of that open. At least Reactive Factory has, like, at least, like, a a paved-in road that you're supposed to follow. Like, Regal Ruin just kind of... I think I remember my first time racing in that course, I just had to follow the CPUs. Because I didn't know where the hell I was going. But I thought that that was also what made it kind of cool. Because like you can you can find little shortcuts. And once you do find the big, like the bigger skips, 
like the weird little door near the front of the lap where you have to run across the body of water to get to it. Super easy shortcut that skips like literally half the course. It literally spits you out in the middle of another shortcut that takes you to like the last quarter of the course. So you pretty much skip like 75% of the course just by taking one route, which kind of means that that level gets samey if you just do that one route over and over again. But I mean, I don't know. That's on them. (laughs) It's on the developers. Reactive Factory... That stage was always interesting, but I don't know, I never really liked that one that much. Just because of, I guess, its difficulty, and plus doing, like, the skip cheese for that is just kind of, just kind of boring, you know? You have to pretty much go on, like, one of these ramps, and just kind of keep turning while in the ramp, and you just kind of, instead of going to the next part of uh, where the ramp wants you to go... You just kind of, like, do a U-turn in midair and just land, like, a later part of the course. And I say these are all, like, skips or shortcuts, like, the developers don't intend for that to happen. But, I mean, I learned most of this stuff from watching the CPUs goddamn do it. Um, the CPUs in that game... Yeah, they're brutal. Now, the CPUs are, they're, like, the most horribly inconsistent thing in Sonic R. Because sometimes, yeah, they literally take shortcuts where it's like, what the hell? Who even thinks of that? Like, shortcuts that you would think, like, would only be used by, like, speedrunners. But the other time, I remember on the GameCube version, I don't know if it uh, happened on the Saturn version, but on the GameCube version of Sonic R, Metal Knuckles' entire race to unlock him is broken. Oh. As a kid, I was like, I was like, oh god, it's Metal Knuckles. I don't know if I'm going to be able to win. And then, like, the race begins, and, like, he's taking, like, a lot of the shortcuts, and I'm like, oh, God, this is really hard. But literally, like, yeah, like, after the first lap, once it get, once Metal Knuckles gets to the end of the course for the second lap, he just, like, gets stuck on something and literally just starts running in circles. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah, he just, like, Metal Knuckles just gives up. Or not Metal Knuckles. Metal Knuckles just literally gives up and just starts running around in circles. And I'm like, oh, okay, easy. <laughs> and then unlock him. Yeah, I was always confused at that. Like, the CPU sometimes, like, does some really cool stuff. Um, that actually teaches you more about the game, because if you keep an eye on what the CPUs are doing, then you can learn you can learn a shortcut or two. But at the same time, like, also the CPUs are really dumb. <laughs> like, metal knuckles going in circles. I always oh, yeah. chalk that up to it being, uh, the controls not being very good. Like, it always seemed like a game that was kind of barely running. Uh, I mean, for the controls, I guess, but, I uh, it didn't feel to me like it was barely running. Maybe it's, maybe the Saturn version a little bit, because the Saturn version is super, like, I wouldn't say it's laggy, but, like, the draw distance is super slow. Or super low, I guess, and uh, it looks a lot different. If you get, if you're used to playing the PC or GameCube version a lot, and you go to the Saturn version, you're like, "What? Is, what is this? Like, it's weird. It's super weird because all the characters look different. They're all like bigger, and they use the Saturn like hardware versus PC version, feeling a little bit more solid." There's also, like, that entire, like, time attack mode, which, the time attack mode was interesting because, like, on the menu, there are four options, right? You got your race, you got the Grand Prix mode, 
which is just like the regular races, I guess. And then there's Time Attack, and then there's Multiplayer, and then there's the option. The Time Attack was interesting for me, not only because it's on Time Attack, you can just kind of freely explore the levels, but also because there are like four whole modes in Time Attack. Pretty much got four whole brand new game modes just in that one option, but none of them are ever like super fleshed out, which always disappointed me as a kid. I always wanted to do more things with those modes, but I couldn't. I mean, what else is that to do? Not a lot, especially once you have everything unlocked. Because you have, obviously, your time attack for going around the course, right? Your time trials, if you want to get the best time. Which I don't think... Anyway, you know, I actually might want to see if I can do, like, a a good time in Sonic Eye. I might actually be curious to see if there's any, like, online leaderboard somewhere, people sharing... If there's an online leaderboard of people sharing their best times in Sonic R Time Attack, Godspeed to them, literally. So yeah, there's going through... There's the regular Time Attack, and then there's also Time Attack for going through the course backwards. And I'm not talking, like... I'm not even talking about, like, Mirror, because Mirror is where left is right and right is left. Like, it's literally backwards. You start facing backwards, and you just go through the courses backwards and i always thought that was super cool because no racing games do that they always do mirror mode that's what i thought mirror mode originally was when i first unlocked it mark but i'm like oh cool i get to do the courses backwards but no mirror is just when it's left is right and right is left like backwards is literally like you go through the course backwards you go the wrong way and i thought that was cool because it pretty much adds a whole extra perspective on how you do the course because you usually don't see the course going the other way. So that was cool. And then there was the aforementioned grab five balloons, where there's just five random balloons and it times you on how fast you can collect them. Never bothered with that. And then there was freaking tag four, like, tag four, I don't even know what it's called, like, tag four rivals, I want to say? Where it puts four computer-controlled characters and you're supposed to bump into them. And it times how quickly you can bump into all four of them. I always thought that was super cool because it's... Yeah, I guess. But the weird thing was, was like... You could only be the one tagging. You could never, like, be the one, like, trying to run away. You could only be the one doing the tagging. And uh, the other interesting thing is how the AI works on that. Because the AI will literally go either way around the track if you chase them. So, like, if you chase them going normally around the track, they'll still, like, run away from you. But if you go, like, try to chase them going backwards, they'll still run away from you and do the track backwards. To the point where I think, actually, if they're, like, on the exact other end of the track, they'll just stop. They'll just sit there. Unless you start to, like, go towards them again, then they'll start moving again. I don't know why I know all this about Sonic R, just off the top of my head, but I guess I just played it that much as a kid, that pretty much all of the rules and... Game modes are just still kind of ingrained. Because I did play it at a pretty moderately young age, and I kind of been pl- I kind of played it consistently since then. Well, I guess that's the age where like you're fine with it just repeating things. <laughs> like, yeah, the multiplayer is just either a race mode or a grab five balloons mode, and clearly the races the race mode is for people that don't know the track. Two people that don't know the track that well to race around. But once one person, like, if I try to invite a friend over and play Sonic R and we do the race mode, I'm just going to kick their ass over and over again. Just because 
I've been playing the game for years, and there's only five courses, and I know the best lines for each of them, so that's not that fun. And then I feel like the uh, the grab five balloons is more for the the players that know the whole course to uh, try to collect all of the balloons, which I guess I would still kick my friends' asses in because they don't know the tracks to begin with because I've been exploring them forever, and my friends don't know where the hell anything is, but like, I know if there were two me's, if there were two people of my skill level, then I would much rather prefer the uh, get five balloons versus the race mode because there's only so much you can really race in Sonic R. And I guess that's that game's main problem is once again, we're coming to it just doesn't have that much stuff to do. You do everything, and then it's just like, yeah, that was fun. And then you put it back on the shelf, and maybe you'll pick it up again and play through the whole thing all over again if you really wanted to. But, like, we've pretty much gone over most of the game's content at this point. However, we haven't gone through its soundtrack. So, be honest here. Good soundtrack or bad soundtrack? Well, much like the game itself, the soundtrack kind of has a reputation for being terrible, but it's really goofy and cheesy, but it's not terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with you pretty much 100%. I, it's really funny because as a kid, I took that soundtrack 100% seriously. I don't know how the hell I did that. I took that soundtrack dead seriously. I'm like, this song, these songs are awesome. I thought it totally fit with Sonic. Even with the weird vocals from TJ Davis. I actually follow her on Twitter. <laughs> it's funny. Would you do an interview about doing the vocals? I know, we should interview TJ Davis for Sonic R. There's there's six six main vocal well, actually I think there's no yeah, no no wait, there's seven main vocal songs in the game. And the rest are just like the just like the menu musics or whatever, like that's fine. You know, it's menu music. We got Can You Feel the Sunshine from Resort Island. I think T-Lopes did a remix of that pretty recently, didn't he? Yeah, like maybe a couple months ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good remix. I think there was some controversy between Richard Jacques not exactly liking it too much. Richard Jacques being the composer of the Sonic R soundtrack, as well as the composer of a lot of other Sega games. He stuck his feet in... A lot of Sonic, or that's not even just Sonic, but Sega games as a whole. And his music's actually really good. I do like Richard Jock, but apparently he's a bit of a hard-headed person, just as when it comes to being a person. So, well, what can you do? His music sounds good, though. So that's all that really matters. Uh, quite recently, that there was a lot of controversy around the guy who did the Knuckles raps in Adventure 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even under... Or I don't know the full extent of that controversy, but... It was like he yeah, jail, uh, and then uh, he came out, and now he's, like, trying to profit off of it, and stuff like that. Ah, uh, jeez, man. That's the thing. At least TJ Davis is cool. Yeah, man. Song music's really good, but sometimes there's some, there's some iffy part, like how Dreams Come True owns, like, literally the whole Sonic 1 and 2 OST. So, that's cool. That's and why Green Hill Zone. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sonic Three literally never getting re-released ever again. That's also another big one. Sonic music's good, but there, yeah, there's kind of the small price to pay for it being so good. And then there's Living in the City, which had a pretty good remix for Sonic Gems Collection. 
It's like this party remix, which is pretty good. Oh, wait, they also remixed Can You Feel the Sunshine for Sonic Gems Collection as one of the museum music. And that remix is, like, terrifying, dude. Like, as a kid, that song was, like, the scariest thing, dude. I think I remember that. That's a memory I had repressed. The acid mix. Yes. I think I had it downloaded that. It's just like a weird remix, which was super weird, because I like the super peppy Living in the City remix, so to hear Can You Feel the Sunshine's mix be so dark? Kind of ironic that the song about sunshine's dark, but to have that, yeah, it's just kind of weird. And then Regal Ruin had Back in Time as its song. That's a good song. That is a good song. That song's awesome! All the songs are awesome. And I believe that was remixed in Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed for Sky Sanctuary, of course. Just super, like, when I heard that for the first time, I was like, wait, what? Sonic R? I see what we're doing. And then Reactive Factory has Work It Out. I think that's the uh, weakest song. I mean, it's still catchy, but eh. Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, for that reason, I feel like I can't even think of any remixes that that song has gotten. I guess that shows how sort of eh it is. Well, actually, I don't think it's the weakest song, because I think the weakest song is the next song, which is uh, Radiant Emerald's song, Diamond in the Sky, which is when you play as Radiant, or yeah, it's when you play on Radiant Emerald as any character except for Supersonic. Yeah, that's why nobody remembers. <laughs> yeah, I barely listen to that song, mostly because, yeah, I don't like playing as anyone other than Supersonic on that stage. It's a very unmemorable song. And then if you do play a Supersonic on Radiant Emerald, then you get Supersonic Racing, which is the game's theme, and that song kicks ass. There's a reason that that's the most popular song on that entire OST, because that song is dope. The whole theme song of the whole game, you know? And then the last vocal song is the credits theme, which is so forgettable, I forgot its name. I think it's called, like, You're My Number One or something. Something sappy. And that's pretty much all Sonic R. Oh, well, also, speaking about the credits, the one thing that I did do as a kid is I did beat the game as every character, so I could... Well, you don't even have to beat the game as every character. You have to do Radiant Emerald as each of the characters, and each character has their own, like, thank you for playing picture. Yeah, yeah, like Smash Bros. Melee had those, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Those per character. As well as, uh, if you had all seven of the Chaos Emeralds, then you get a extra picture of the whole gang with all seven of the Chaos Emeralds, and then the thank you for playing picture. And yeah, that's, I think, all of the content in Sonic R. It's a small game. I feel like it has it has heart to it. That's what I feel it has the most of. It's got a lot of heart to it, and it's got, because of that heart, I like coming back to it, you know what I'm saying? It's got that cute art style. Yeah, it's got that too. Like the low poliness of it all. It has a special place. It has a special place. Probably a lot of nostalgia and bias because of that nostalgia, but you know, that's just how it's going to be. I like Sonic R. It's a good game. I wouldn't call it good, Uh, but it's not terrible. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Well, I mean, I think think it's alright. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe definitely not the greatest thing you'll ever play, but I mean... I guess if I'm if I'm ever gonna be recommending Sonic games, I'm never gonna be like, "Yo, dude, you gotta play Sonic R. You gotta play that one. That's the one that everyone needs." Obviously, I'm not gonna be like that. 
because, I mean, Sonic R is not that good. But personally, Sonic R is a game that's been in my life, and, I mean, I like it like that. It's just kind of weaseled its way in there. And, I mean, like, because of that, I have a soft spot for it. A lot of good memories behind it, you know? Behind pretty much every aspect, behind the characters, behind the levels, behind the music. All of it just has something special around it, you know? Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. So that even if the game itself just kind of plays like a lukewarm-to-bad racing game slash 3D platformer, like, I don't know, all the other things, all the other things around it make it greater than the sum of its parts, at least to me. But I totally can understand why people don't like that game. Because if you don't see that, or if you're a person that doesn't have any, like, sort of childhood nostalgia goggles to see the game through and you play through it, I'm sure it's a pretty underwhelming 3D platformer slash racing game. Not a lot of content, not a lot of things keeping you back. Now, is this the part where we talk about the creepypasta? Yes! Tails Doll! He's in my house right now, he's got a knife, what do I do? Okay, yeah, so basically one of the characters in the game, completely unexplained, is this, like, plush of Tails, which is called Tails Doll. And, uh, it just seems, I guess because it's, like, unexplained, low-poly, had this thing sticking out of its head, which is supposed to be, like, I guess a pin for a voodoo doll, but some people think it's, like, gem. People just thought he was really weird. And there was this, like, infamous creepypasta. Like, before creepypasta was a word that people used, there was, like, this infamous creepypasta, which claimed that if you were playing as, I think it was supersonic in tag mode, and you tag Tails doll, and it would curse your game. Uh, I completely think, I, yeah, I think it was like that. I don't, I don't remember the total Tails doll curse mythos. But I think I remember my friend saying, because my friend was super into the Tails doll curse. He was saying, you have to do the tag four characters mode on Resort Island as Tails doll. And I think there was some, like, waiting behind it. Like, I think you have to, like, wait, like, until they say, can you feel the sunshine? Until you start going. And then you have to tag them in, like, a certain order. Yes. And then if you do that... Then, like, if you go to your bathroom at midnight with the lights off and play Can You Feel the Sunshine, then Tails Doll's supposed to come out or something. Yeah, it was just on this creepypasta that, like, this guy somehow had this happen to him. And a surprising amount of people believed this, or at least said they believed it, to the point where, like, if you went on any forum that was discussing Sonic R, 80 to 90%. Of the discussion was about this creepy boss. It really feels like, yeah, a lot of the legacy that Sonic R has left behind has been less about the game itself and more about this one character of Tails Doll. Yeah, I don't know, as a kid, I never personally believed it, but I also was. I'm not gonna say afraid of it, but definitely, like, intrigued at all the people freaking out over a. Sonic character because yeah, Tails Doll is a bit unsettling of a character. I guess yeah, it was more confusing than uh, creepy uh, when I first saw him. But I could definitely see why people would think he's scary. 
and why people would kind of turn him into this strange meme creepypasta thing. I never personally believed it, but like I guess it, it pretty much does have all the the good the good seeds for a good early two thousands online creepypasta to sprout. I mean, I think this was like the first one that I remember. It was definitely yeah. before it was a big thing. Definitely was one of the first, like, Sonic-related urban legends. However, nowadays, it's funny that Tails Doll hasn't even remained the face of creepy Sonic things, because now he's been completely dethroned by Sonic EXE. Which as is the Yeah, which is lame! Honestly, keep Tails Doll up there! At least Tails Doll's official and not some weird... Whatever the hell Sonic EXE was. We could literally do a whole friggin' episode on Sonic EXE and how bad it is. I feel like going into, like, fad stuff is just... Let's just keep it here. <laughs> yeah, man. That's that's gonna be its own discussion, man. Sonic fan stuff. There's so much. And that's good. Because it means that the community's healthy and active. But it also means that we're the ones that has to go through it all. Hey, I mean, I'm up for doing that later, but... It'll be very long. <laughs> so, what else is there really to say about Sonic R? That's it, I guess. Yeah, I guess. They pretty much covered everything that there is to cover about that game. Which is not much. Which is not much, but, I mean, hey, there's at least a funny creepypasta behind it, and some good true music. true legacy. That's its true- that really is its true legacy. It's just creepy Tales doll fanfiction. A very silly creepypasta. That's it. I'm surprised people even believe that to begin with. Just a Sonic character coming in your bathroom at midnight. Like, that's definitely some, like... I feel like definitely the creepypasta was made by a kid. It definitely has that sort of immature sort of vibe to it. Sort of something that you would hear be like passed around in, like, a schoolyard as a spooky story between you and your friends versus, like, an actual, like, horror thing. I don't even but remember maybe it was like that. posted, but it seems like the sort of thing where, today, that would get any attention. Oh, absolutely not. If you literally tried to post that anywhere today, not only would no one believe you, like, rightfully, because, retrospectively, it's a pretty freaking dumb scenario, but also just with how much nowadays we see all these urban legends and fake information spread around that pretty much just saying something like that doesn't necessarily carry the same amount of weight as it used to. So really, Tales Doll was a product of its time. I uh, should say that I tried... The instructions of the creepypasta, and of course, it didn't work. Damn it! Uh, now I know that Tails Doll isn't real. It's like telling a Sonic fan that Santa isn't real. Yeah, good old Tails Doll. It would be cool if he did come back, though, but like... Well, it would be stupid, but it would be cool, I guess, in the stupid kind of way, if they, like, acknowledged Tails Doll as being, like, some sort of... Creepy thing. I feel like we should do a whole episode on just memes. Sonic. Sonic and memes. Because memes are kind of a very big talking point with Sonic. What else nowadays. are they going to talk about? 
Yeah. Well, I guess that's it. Yeah, I guess that's it. Sonic, go out the fast. <laughs>